If you would please take your Bible, turn your Bibles please to the book of Revelation chapter 22 verse 19. I'll just read a verse there. Then turn your Bible please to Matthew chapter 12. I've been, I ask the Lord every time I come to preach, Lord give us something that we can be blessed of. I want to be blessed first of all, but I want everybody that comes to hear to be blessed. And I want to say what God wants us to say, not just be saying something, it's taking up a space of time. But I want God to do something, amen, in our lives. And uh, this morning, I, Lord brought this to my attention, so if you would please, Revelation 22, verse 19. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Now turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. I want to read just a couple of verses there in verse 31 and verse 32. Wherefore I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men, but the blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. And whosoever speaketh a word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. But whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, will you let the Holy Spirit deal with each one of us today. Thank you, Lord, for each one that's being here. Thank each for one that's listening. Bless the reading and studying of thy word. Have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, Revelation 22, verse 19 means that those who reject the Bible will miss the plan of salvation and all the good things which Christ has bought for them. Now, in other words, in Matthew chapter 12 speaks of the unpardonable sin. I, I was brought up in a different denomination and they, they preached on this unpardonable sin. That you could sin against the Holy Ghost if you said anything against the Holy Ghost whatsoever that's the unpardonable sin, and you could never be forgiven of that. You die and go to hell. Now, I want you to notice something very carefully that's taught here. Every sin but one can be forgiven. But the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Ghost cannot be forgiven. Now, let me, let me explain something to you before I go any further. If I come to you today and, and I ask everybody this, I'm trying to lead them to the Lord or try to remember too. I want everybody to get saved and I, I've witnessed everybody I can about going to heaven. I try to give them the God plan of salvation and I ask them this simple little question. If you was to die today and you could go to heaven's door and God was to say to you, why should I let you into my heaven? What is going to be answered? Now, there's only one answer to that. It's because I did the best I can. No, that's not the right answer. 
Well, I haven't sinned a time, you know, in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm just right, Lord. No, that's not the answer because the Bible says we're all sinners. What's the one answer that's going to get you in? It's because I have the blood of Jesus Christ applied to my sins. And therefore, all my sins are washed away. So what is the one thing that will take you to heaven? Receiving the blood atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ for the covering of your sins. That's the one thing that will take you to heaven. What's the one thing that will take you to hell? One thing. Only one. That's rejecting the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. See? If you reject, you say, I don't want nothing to do with God. I don't want nothing to do with His Christ. I'll have nothing to do with His shed blood. You're going to die and go to hell. Just that simple. And the blood and the Bible makes that very plain. But there is an unpardonable sin in the Bible. And if you're not careful, you you don't understand what it's teaching. Now go back with me to the book of Hebrews a minute now. And I'll read in chapter 6 of the book of Hebrews. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 6. And I want you to look at beginning in verse 4. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come if they shall fall away to renew them again under repentance seeing they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to no for shame. Now, I want you to watch something. Notice these verses says it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted. did not say they received. It said they had tasted of the heavenly gift, that's Christ Jesus, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God and the power of the world to come, if they fall away. In other words, if you come up to the Word of God, if somebody presents you the Word of God, and you talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ out of the Word of God, and you walk away from that, where are you going to go? There is no other place to go. The only place you're going to find out God's plan of salvation is in the Word of God. And here's how it works. If I take the Word of God and I present it to you that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, then the Bible says the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God, will take that Word. Romans 10, verse 17, Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And the Holy Ghost will take that Word of God and deal to your heart. Now, let me show you. I never intended to get saved when I got saved. I went to a tent revival to hear an old preacher preach, and I went in there and sat down. I said, okay, buddy, tell me whatever you're going to say. I want to be out of here. But he began to read the Word of God and to preach me the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. And he he let me know that that's the Word of God, and he's talking about uh, Christ, His salvation in the blood of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he drew me, the Holy Spirit did, to Christ Jesus and my pastor sat down with me in the Word of God and showed me how to get saved after that. Now watch this. The question is in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 4 through 6 is the one mentioned here It is a saved person. Notice he has been enlightened. He has tasted the heavenly gift. He has tasted the good Word of God. He has tasted the powers of the world to come. 
He has even had something to do with the Holy Ghost. Now watch. He's talking here not to a saved person. He's talking to somebody who has come up to and been enlightened and been taught and been everything that the Bible says is necessary for you to go to heaven. This is not a saved man because a lost man can be enlightened or shown the truth or learn about Christ. A lost man can have tasted the heavenly gift or the Word of God. But... No, this man did not eat of the Word. He only tasted of the Word. The Holy Spirit goes along with a lost man convicting him that he needs a Savior every day, pricking his conscience. But that man does not have to accept Christ as a Savior. Did you know that God will not make you get saved? God is a gracious God, but He gives you a mind of your own. You can reject Him or you can receive Him. Either one. God did not make you a robot. He gave you a a mind of your own. Now, this person in Revelation 22, verse 19, and Hebrews chapter 6, verses 4 through 6, is not a saved person who loses his salvation, but he's one who committed the unpardonable sin. Now, what is unpardonable sin? For it is impossible to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified themselves the Son of God afresh and put Him to an open shame. Now let me give you something. How many times did Jesus Christ die on the cross? Once. Amen? Well, wait a minute. If I can lose my salvation after I'm saved, then He has to be crucified all over again. Amen? That's impossible. God said that's not going to happen. So he's not talking about that. Our great enlightenment delivers maliciously and finally rejection of Christ. He blasphemes the Holy Ghost. In other words, if I present Jesus Christ to you as your Savior and you admit to yourself, I know Jesus is my Savior. I know He lived. I know He died on the cross for my sins. I know He paid my full price on Calvary for my sins. But I don't care. I'm not going to receive Him in my saving Holy Spirit of God. You can convict me all you want to, but I'm not going to listen to you. That's blaspheming the Holy Ghost and you'll die and go to hell. It's just that simple. That's an unpardonable sin. You're not going to get forgiveness of that. You can just uh, go on to hell then because you have no hope. Here it is then. What is the one hope of every human being going to heaven on the face of this earth? Jesus Christ and Him alone. This is not a saved person losing their salvation. Now watch, verse 39, Hebrews 10, 39. But we're not of them which draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. I'm not of them that reject. I'm of them that receive. Amen? Now, if any person that is Jew or Gentile comes to the knowledge of the truth that Christ is our sacrifice for sin, then continues willfully in the sin of unbelief, rejecting Christ as a Savior, No other sacrifice can take away his sins. And there's no other way for him to be saved. Then someone will say, Galatians 5 verse 4 says, You are fallen from grace. 
That means you're you're fallen from salvation. No. It says you're fallen from grace. It doesn't say you're fallen from salvation. That is not fallen from salvation. Now watch this, Galatians 5 verse 4. Christ has become of no effect unto you who has fallen from grace. In other words, by the grace of God, in other words, did you know the night that I got saved, I went to that tent revival and you say, well, preacher, I just decided to go, no, God got me there. I could have had a flat tire going. It had been anything in the world to keep me from going there. But by the grace of God, He got me there under the preaching of the gospel. And being there under the preaching of the gospel, now I'm under the preaching of the gospel, that's the grace of God. And Christ is becoming no effect to me then, if by the grace of God He's preached to me His salvation and I walk away from it. That's not falling from salvation, that's leaving the grace of God behind. <coughs> now, anyone who thinks they're saved by good works or keeping the law in his own righteousness, you're doing the saving yourself and not Christ. Now, I want to show you something. I didn't do my salvation. I didn't save myself. Christ saved my soul. Amen? Now, you're fallen or parted from God's plan of salvation by grace, which is Jesus dying for your sins on Calvary if you walk away from Calvary to some other way. A Christian is now a child of God. Now turn with me to John chapter 1. John chapter 1. And I want you to look with me please in verse 12. And verse 13. John chapter 1 and verse 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now here it is then. As many as received him, can I give you something? You know why I love preaching the Word of God? I can preach to anybody. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. You can commit every sin that's ever been on the face of God's earth. God still loves you. He hates your sin, but He loves you. And He holds His arms out and says to you, Come unto me, I'll in no wise cast you out. And through the preaching of the Word, that's a grace of God. And He offers you salvation. And notice something, if you would, a Christian is now a child of God. When I asked Jesus, to Christ, I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life and save my soul, the Bible says He made me one of His sons right then. I don't wait to get to heaven to become a son of God. I become a child of God from the moment that I asked Christ to be my Savior. Now listen very carefully. The Bible speaks many times of the second birth, but it never speaks of the third birth. Not one time in the Bible will you find that somebody had a third birth. Only a second birth. What are you talking about? Look at verse 13. Which were born not of blood, 
That's his. I was not, salvation didn't become for my daddy and mama. Blue blood. My daddy and mama say, somebody, I've had people to say, uh, how do you know you go to heaven? Because I know I'm a Christian. How do you know you're a Christian? Because my daddy and mother were. Therefore, that makes me a Christian. No, not all blood. You can't pass salvation on from you to somebody else. It's not our blood. It's not our your mom and your daddy. Watch. Nor the will of the flesh. You can't will yourself into heaven. I've had people that come up to me and say, well, I used to smoke and I used to drink and I used to cuss, but I give all of that up. I quit all of that. I will myself. I'm not going to do those things anymore and therefore I'm going to heaven now because I'm clean and I'm all right. No, you won't. Not our the will of the flesh. Nor the will of man, but of God. Your salvation is of God, brother, it's not of you. And so you must be born again. You know what that means? That means it got to be a miracle taking place in your life. A Christian has everlasting life now. Forty-five times the term eternal life and everlasting life are used in the Bible. And every time they're used in the believers such as John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's to the believer. Everlasting life is a present possession. John 3.36 talked about he that believeth is a, is a child of God. John 6.47 John 5.24 now, a Christian has no condemnation coming to him. John 5, 24, Romans 8, 20, 37. I have no condemnation coming to me since I'm in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate the believer from the love of God. Romans 8, verse 34. Listen, 2 Timothy 1, 12. For I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that He is able to keep me against that day. Amen? Now watch this. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8 for just a minute. Romans chapter 8. And I want you to look with me in verse 38 and verse 39. Verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, sin is not charged up to the Christian then. Romans chapter 4. Back up now to Romans chapter 4. And I want you to listen to these verses beginning in verse 5. To him that worketh not but believeth on him that justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also described the blessings of man, unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Did you know that God keeps books on each one of us? Every human being that ever come in this world, God's got a book on you. 
And the Bible says in the book of Revelation that He keeps a record of everything you do. Every idle word, every deed that you've ever done, God keeps a record of it. But the Bible also says there in the book of Revelation that God's got two sets of books. He's got one on you, and He's got one on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that word imputation here is a bookkeeping term, and God keeps records on you. And when I receive Jesus Christ and His righteousness for the forgiveness of my sins, you know what God does? He looks over here on my record and He says to me, Oh, how dirty and how rotten and how crooked and how sinful you really are. And He looks over here on Jesus' books and He said, Jesus is absolutely perfect. He's sinless. There is no sin in Him. And therefore, by my grace... Well, I take your sins and I place them over on Jesus' book and I take Jesus' righteousness and I put them over here on your books. And when I look at your book from that time on, I become as white as snow. My sins are all gone. I'm completely clean in the blood of the Lamb. Did you know the Lord Jesus Christ's blood was shed to cleanse you from all your sins? I want to read you a verse. One that I quote to myself all the time. I love to, to, I love to get the devil with this one. Because I don't know about you, but you, do you ever have the devil come around and sit on your shoulder? He does on mine. Maybe he does on mine and leaves you alone. But I, I got news for you. He comes around all the time to me. And he says, you remember way back there when you was a little boy? You remember five years ago? You remember? And he brings up things that I did uh, back then that I'm ashamed of today and I don't want nobody else to know anything about it. And I, I brings it up to me. He says, you're not a child of God. Look what you did back then. Now, don't you listen very carefully. In the book of John, in the book of 1 John. This is the message which we have heard of Him and declare unto you that God is light and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as He is in light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses me for... 1,000 sins. Now, he watch this. Listen to it very carefully. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Amen? Now, every once in a while, you might not believe this, but your preacher gets mad. And he loses his temper. And he says things he ought not to say. I do things I ought not to do. Somebody say, oh, I thought the preacher was perfect. No, I'm human. I'm a sinner saved by God's grace just like you. Amen? And if you'll be honest with yourself, you know you're a sinner too. And if you'll listen very carefully, I say to the devil every time he comes on my shoulder and says, you're going to die and go to hell for you because you know what you've done. I quote him this verse, that Jesus Christ cleanses me from all my sins. Every sin I've ever committed is under the blood of the Lord Jesus. Now I want you to watch this very carefully. Since the day I received Christ as my Savior, God no longer looks at me. 
He looks at me through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and I become as white as snow, the Bible says, under the blood. The blood of Jesus Christ washes my sins away. That's the reason that I don't understand anybody that won't come to Christ for salvation the moment they hear that Jesus loves them and died for them and wants to save them. Why? Because that's when you're made whole. That's a miracle. God changes you from the old sinner that you used to be under one of His children. And you become a child of God. From that time on, the devil can't have you. You belong to Him. Amen? That's grace. I don't deserve God loving me. I don't deserve Him dying for me. But He did. And I believe with all my soul, His blood will wash my sins away. Praise God, I don't worry about dying. I don't worry about going and laying my head down on the pillow and worry about waking up. Because I think about this, absent from the body is present with the Lord. And it could happen at any time, and I go be with the Lord. And ain't nothing can stop me. I have eternal life. That's a miracle. And you know what? That's a free gift. Romans 3.23 or 623, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. You know how I like to preach, and you know how I like to go to the hospitals and go in people's homes and take the Bible and talk to them about being saved? Because I can tell anybody, God wants to give you something precious. I don't know anybody don't want a gift. Amen? If you do, you're crazy. Bring it over my house, I'll take it. Amen? Everybody likes a gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to do anything for it. Somebody just wants to give you something. That's a gift. You can't work for your salvation. There's nothing you can do for it. God wants to give it to you. Why wouldn't you receive it? Why wouldn't you come and say, Yes, Lord, I receive your gift as my Savior. That's all there are to it. God will save you if you'll let Him. Would you stand with me, please? Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name today that you'll cause somebody in this place to understand how simple you made salvation. You did all the work. You came in this world. You took on a body where you could die for our sins, where your blood that was shed for the forgiveness of all sins could be applied by faith to us. That's a gift. And Lord, we have to receive it though for it to be effective to us. So I ask you to bless this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. While we got our heads bowed and eyes closed, let me explain something to you. You know what preaching is for? Preaching is to give out information of the Word of God. That information has to be acted upon. And I laugh at people that say, well, I ain't going to make a decision. I'm not going to make a, I'm not going to act upon. Oh, yes, you are. Because God said you'll either reject Him or you receive Him on the Word. I want to ask you something. Would you receive Him as your Savior right where you are? Right where you are. If you've never prayed something like this, and the Bible's full of this kind of message, just pray in your heart, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. 
And I know you died for my sins. And I know that your blood will wash my sins away. And I ask you out of my mouth, Romans 10, 13, to save my soul right here and right now as best I know how. I wonder if somebody pray that kind of prayer right where you at and ask the Lord to save you. Would you raise your hand and I can just thank the Lord for you? Would you do it right where you at? Right now? Anybody while we wait just a second? I'm going to give an invitation just a minute. Would you come forward? Let me take the Bible and just show you how.